I've got great school questions and a million dollars to give away. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Let's go. Get ready. One of the most popular game shows of all time is coming to Audio Up as a podcast. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there. Hey, Dennis Quaid is here. That's right. And guess what? I have a podcast. It's called The Denissance, and I think you should listen. I'm having some really cool conversations with some really interesting people like music legend Billy Ray Cyrus, housewife of Beverly Hills, Garcelle Bouvet, and many, many more. Listen to The Denissance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lips LA. Hey guys, welcome to the show. It's Scott Lips. Welcome back. We are super excited to have in the studio today, Mr. Jack Saunders. Jack Saunders is a radio host on BBC Radio in London, and he is one of the guys that is responsible for breaking rock and roll in London and the rest of the world. Love this dude. Really good guy. Excited to have him here. He is uh, one of the guys holding the flag for rock and roll. Very good friends with Youngblood. He's got his own gig, the Hopscotch 214 gig coming up, um, where he basically helps to break new bands in his nightclub, um, which is super exciting. We're going to talk to him about the state of music, the state of rock and roll at the moment. Very excited to have him here. We should tell you that we're broadcasting live from the fine folks at WeWork. We love WeWork. We're uh, live from the WeWork studios right now. we got our buddy Sam on the engineer desk here helping us out. I never had a live audience. That that is not a live audience, in case you guys thought it was. And and also, um, as always, the show is brought to you today from the fine folks at Nothing New. If you guys are not aware, Nothing New might be the most sustainable and stylish sneakers on the planet. I always talk to you about Nothing New. I love Nothing New. Um, Nothing New, by the way, Oprah Magazine called Nothing New the best white sneakers that go with everything. And Cosmopolitan called them impressive, and Value Magazine and Nothing New are the coolest new shoes on our radar. Nothing New, if you don't know, are shoes and sneakers that I normally always wear. They are fully sustainable, made of recycled plastic water bottles, which is amazing. They're doing great stuff for the environment. They are raising the bar for sustainability in the fashion industry. They're also incredibly cool looking. I always wear them. Um, So all you got to do is run into me, and you'll see me wearing Nothing New. If you don't already, follow Nothing New on Instagram. Check out the website. I definitely think that you guys will love these sneakers. And very excited today to have Mr. Jack Saunders coming to the studio. As I mentioned, we will be talking about the state of rock and roll and the state of me having a live fake studio audience, which we're not really, there is no studio audience. But anyway, we lo- that's a new effect that we just found and we're, we're actually obsessed with that new. So anytime you hear a studio audience, it's not real, but it sounds great. So anyway, coming up on the show today, Jack Saunders. Stay tuned, and we'll be talking all things rock and roll. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. We have in the studio the one and the only, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Mr. Jack Saunders. You're too kind. I've literally just met you and turned yeah. up here. Well, it's all good, That's bro. So well, I feel like we've known each other a little bit just because we have mm. a ton of mutual friends. Um, if you guys don't know, I actually gave you a great introduction. So I do all this before you get here, so not to embarrass you. What have you said about, about me? Just that you're you're the man, bro. You're one of the guys holding the flag for rock and roll in London. That's what we're doing. BBC Radio, all that good stuff, right? Um, and so we should talk about like kind of your whole 
history, where you started. How, how do you get to become one of the premier DJs in London on BBC Radio? And how did that whole journey... You actually used to be a model too, right? Which is... Yeah. When I was... Inter- I was actually... Uh, Sort of doing my homework, and you actually sent me a couple notes, truth be told, right? I didn't even know you were a model before, but obviously we live in similar, we play in similar areas here, so I feel like we have a lot in common that we're going to get into, and our love for rock and roll, and the state of music, and where it's all heading and going, so I want to talk about all that with you. Um, but let's let's take it back to the very beginning. Were you born in London? Uh, just outside. Cool. So, um, but I mean, London was my my like go-to haunt for for going out and seeing shows and get a little bit wild a little bit loose it was it was the place that I like cut my teeth in Camden especially first off when it was really super thriving awesome really popping off down there all like, I all I want in life for Christmas or any is just that accent so if you could buy any because <laughs> I do a pretty I, I mean Sam do I do a good British accent yeah give me a snare drum and a cymbal just to see is that right do you know what I mean <laughs> So I watched the Liam Gallagher documentary the yeah. other day, and everything is like, do you know what I mean? What's I, your um? Everything is, do you know what I mean? Is it all? No, that is true. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of mate and do you know what I mean yeah, sort of thing. I, I love that. Well, do you have like a trigger to get yourself into a British accent? I just, you know, I sat next to a guy for many years who was British, and I just really studied the accent. I, I love it. I got to be well, it honest. Sounds like, like you got it down. Yeah. Well, I perfectly. know there's a couple things that I had to say, and <laughs> one of them is I think when I had. Um, Jamie from the Kills was in here when we first started the show, and, and he obviously is British, so yeah. we we did a lot of the, my fake accent. But uh, I w- maybe it'll come out during the rest of the show with you. But anyway, I'm digressing because I, I do love the accent. But so take me back. So were you growing up like all around rock and roll? Because obviously, one thing that we share is our love for rock and roll. So. Well, I actually didn't. I didn't have a particularly musical family in a sense. I wasn't really pushed into playing instruments i wasn't pushed to listen to a certain type of music i kind of just found it myself and discovered it myself i'm 27 so when the internet was first starting to really become a thing and myspace and bebo and all those kinds of things and that's when you kind of started to explore out of your little tiny lane that you yeah you had what were you listening to as a kid? I mean, were your parents into rock and roll? Not, did you? No, but this, this is what I mean. So, no, I mean, they were. They did. Yeah. They liked music and they liked, like, my mum loves Simply Red and my dad loves David Bowie. Right. And those were their, like, two, like, staples. Okay. So He's still playing that guy from Simply Red, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, no. My mum, my mum lets me know about that. Don't <laughs> right. worry about that. Shit. Yes. Simply Red is absolutely still going. For many, many years, I, uh, I can tell you the story. I feel like I told the story actually at somewhat another episode, but I work with Amon. Uh-huh. So Diva Bowie's wife for like 15 years or something. So I only actually had two interactions with Bowie. One was he asked me for a cigarette when I was like a kid at a nightclub. And the other was I got to meet him with Amon once. And I think I got to only, I was only able to spend like 10 seconds with him. And then she kind of shuffled him away from me. So unfortunately, you know, my whole, you know, half of my adult life, I had a huge Mick Rock, Siggy Stardust, you know, portrait on my wall of David Bowie, probably the biggest picture in my house. And I've only spent like, I only got to spend like, you know, maybe 20 seconds with I feel guy, like you so. made a good impression. I, I, you know, I thought I'd be over the house for Thanksgiving and <laughs> Christmas and I was never invited over. I, I don't know what happened. Probably but you, were, you were too charismatic. That's I don't you know. They too just, good of impression. They, I just was never invited. And that's all I really wanted out of life. So, so Simply Red and David Bowie. Yeah. So, and, and I, luckily I fell into the, uh, the David Bowie category more than the, the not knocking simply red of course but no, no. just not really Who wants to knock simply red no, my not my kind of thing but <laughs> right. i kind of slipped more into the david bowie side of things and um i liked um i liked his rockier stuff and uh that kind of i suppose ignited my my journey through into 
into rock and roll and then in the noughties in the uk especially like indie music was rife yeah like you could that stuff what are the noughties is that the 90s yeah let, oh, so from like the 90s so from considered two, the 90s <laughs> from, no <laughs> after the 90s okay. so like from 2000 through until 2010 okay was just rife for indie music. Yeah. Like Block Party, the cribs, Arctic Monkeys, The Cribs. Yeah, everyone, yeah. All those kinds of yeah. bands were just buzzing and so incredibly popular. And every week, every weekend, we'd either be at discos or we'd be at shows. I just remember like my first ever mosh pit to a band called the subways sure i think they're still going at it the was moment, like a girl and two guys yeah, right? yeah. certainly not as popular as they yeah. used to be but i just remember at the time just resonating with them so much and just being obsessive with their music i'm probably one of the few people you can speak to jack that had a subscription to enemy in the states because i feel like yeah i was gonna say that that's... magazine i don't you know that's why i can talk to you for hours it did, it kind of came over here, but it never really made it big. But between Enemy and obviously, you know, Kerrang, and I know that you were for mm. Kerrang, so I want to get to that. So, it well, initially, I think it was Kerrang, and then it became Enemy for me. But all those magazines, I mean, I still literally go out and buy British music magazines because they're, they're, they're way better. I, I mean, mean I, don't, I don't know what it is. They're Q Magazine. Yeah. And, and I've always been into the, the British publications. Mojo, and so, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so I would research, like, British rock early on. So the Subways, the Cribs, whoever. I mean, I, we actually represent um, Ananias Gallagher. And, you know, oh, when yeah. you think about how big Oasis has, has was in the UK and still are, but they're, like, godlike status. And here, I mean, they're they're very big here, but, like, you can't, it's weird. Like you probably, Liam Gallagher could not walk down the street like in the UK without getting mobbed. And Absolutely. here I'm sure people would know him for sure, but a different thing, right? There's always bands that pop off there. That, and I want to get into the whole state of like British music, rock and roll, everything. But I still want to know how you got into all this. So how do you become one of the premier UK DJs growing up around music and, and obviously modeling for us? Where, where did it all begin for you? And how did I start? suppose getting into radio one was uh was my first was the first and only thing i've ever wanted to do as a career so you you Being grew up a, like I, I you were like i want to become a dj on the radio listening to zane low listening to steve lamack listening to i mean if if where you can find it the little snippets that are left online of john peel um hugh stevens tastemakers like that and listening to how they made this new music sound so exciting to me, just was so appealing. And I feel like rock and roll is still a little bit alive and well in the UK where it's not as alive and well in the States. And and so those guys were almost like rock stars, right? Absolutely. John Peel, Zane Lowe is still kind of a rock star, I guess, back home, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but, completely. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't have that here. Growing up here in America, it was Howard Stern, and he he's sort of our rock star, right? And he's sure. still one of the greatest interviewers, I think, of all time, for sure. But but yeah, I mean, British music has always, I don't I, I guess I'm an Anglophile is what they refer to it as, where I like everything British, the food, the music, the style. You guys just do it better. I'm sorry, but there is definitely, for a while, the food wasn't better, but now I think I mean, it's you, up to the... You've had, you've had some real rock bands come out of here, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for no question. I mean, let's but, not forget about Metallica and... No, uh, no, no question. But I, <laughs> I but I always hearken back to, obviously, the Beatles, the Stones, Zeppelin, right? The Who. And that's kind of where a lot of it started yeah. for me. So... Obviously, in America, you have Aerosmith, who who is still 
Stephen is still my spirit animal, but um, but but <laughs> that, everyone. So, so yeah, so that was like that for you was like all right. Well, I, I'm watching these guys, and they were your role models. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, it's like it was like me going to these shows and watching these rock stars on stage. Like, I tried playing guitar, I play a little bit of drums, but I just didn't pick it up. Like, I picked up the kind of ability to be able to talk so passionately about this stuff. And as soon as I sort of found out that I had a bit of a, I suppose a knack, a thing for for communicating with people and um and making them feel excited about the music i think that was the really key thing for me i think being able to walk in a room where let's just say we had five people who loved hip-hop in here being able to walk into a room of people who loved hip-hop and be able to relate what i loved about rock music to those people who loved hip-hop right was a really powerful thing and i that that was something that zane did really really sorry yeah you definitely not. I wouldn't say that you have a knack necessarily for playing guitar because I saw a clip you do with Dom, better known as Youngblood, <laughs> who uh, who we've we've had on the show and who we work with and who we love. And you guys are great friends. Yes, um, no, he, but I did see a clip where he was trying to teach you guitar, and I will. I'm not sure if your musical ability is as good as your interviewing ability, but but it's it's probably getting there. In some yeah, if respect, I right? if I really spent some time on it, I definitely would be able to probably play, but. I just much prefer talking <laughs> than, than than playing the stuff and, and watching people do it. Like being able to stand by stand by the wayside, watch someone like Dom, for example, who is now coming over here playing to thousands throughout every single state and also thousands across the UK, Australia and Europe yeah. as well. And knowing that I gave him one of his first shows and that I was the first person to support him on Radio 1 and to help him grow to where he is and be able to stand and watch all the people enjoy him because they discovered it through me is just it's incredible. Inc- isn't it, it's almost yeah. the same feeling as him stepping out. I kind of feel like the same way that he does when he steps out. Definitely. There. Well, he's right. an incredible town. We're going to get into all that stuff. But I, I think, you know, so obviously these guys were your role models. And then at some point, did you get scouted to be like a fashion model? Yeah. I mean, I got the, the modeling stuff was, was even earlier than that, actually. I was, um, I was just in my early stage of my first ever show on Kerrang Radio. And I was just one show a week. So I wasn't earning enough money to kind of look after myself and that well, was your first job in the radio business. That Kerrang was my radio. first ever job. Were yeah. you into metal? Because Kerrang, if you guys don't know, is like a sort of a metal publication. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I I wasn't so much into metal as I was rock and indie. And I was so desperate for to get a gig and to get my chance that although maybe at one point I might have said, no, it's not quite right for me, I knew I had to take it. And actually what it did is it it kind of forced me to understand the heavier side of music. Right. And actually just fall in love with the heavier side of music because yeah. I love that kind of stuff now. So, so what are the bands that you were kind of digging? Obviously Metallica we spoke about, but a ton of like heavy UK bands too, right? I never really got into like the death metal. There's some of that stuff that just gets too screamo for me <laughs> where I, I don't really quite get. I need melody in music. So I, that was my thing always like growing up with the Beatles and and Zeppelin and bands that had a ton of melody. I, I need to have melody. So I love, you know, the heavy side of Metallica, but they have melody. They're they're not a band without melody. So yeah. what were the bands and the heavy bands that you were into when you were doing Kerrang! Radio as your first radio job? Because that was like 2015, 2017 for you, right? Yeah, I mean... I- at the time, I'm trying to think who was running around at, at that moment in time. Bands like uh, like Enter Shikari and Don Broco, um, those kind those kinds of bands who 
they were they were really killing it in the UK, doing really really well. But it just kind of seems like they've just grown in the underground a little bit, and all yeah. of a sudden have just exploded through. Those kinds of bands were really kind of the ones that were popping through at the moment. In terms of like a band that's coming through right now, though, on my show, who would probably fit that kind of heavier realm that I really love, and actually. They uh, they obtain a lot of melody in their Tell music. Tell me because but you I, can, I need to hear. But who you, this you, is. I mean, you can shake your hips them, but you can still run into each other yeah. listening to them as well at exactly the same time. They're called Dream State. Oh, okay, they're really wicked. Interesting. I don't know them. I really, check them no, out. Bra- brand new band, but really, Dream really State. Okay, band. Dream State. Yeah, that's awesome. And, so, um, and at the same time, were you starting to do MTV interviews at the same time you started to do Kerrang? Or like, what was the sort of the history and how you started from that, and then where you obviously ended up now? Yeah. So Kerrang so Kerrang was happening, and then I moved into a radio station called Radio X. And Radio X has a lot of heritage in the UK. It used to be called XFM and then it decided to rebrand and um, it had a lot of heritage for not only presenters coming through. Zane started over there. Ricky Gervais started on cool. there as I well. I didn't know Ricky Gervais was a radio DJ. Yeah, wow. exactly. So he used to be, uh, I think he used to do breakfast on that station. Okay. But there's been so many that have come through and moved into BBC and obviously done so well after yeah. that as well. Um, and I moved into there. And kind of at that same time, I also joined MTV as their kind of rock guy over in the UK so I was interviewing Biffy Clyro Green Day Royal Blood oh. um, I did Ed Sheeran as well actually not kind of rock but that was a great interview but yeah we did uh, we did loads of interviews there and back when um, they used to play videos I guess right Cause yeah it's sort of like not I don't know in the UK are they playing yeah, videos I mean, still yeah they're still playing they're still playing the videos in the UK and they're still <laughs> not, got, not here they don't they are they do not doing it here at not, all no. I mean I never see the only place you can see videos obviously you go to Vivo and you go to YouTube but I, I feel like when mm. bands are making videos these days it's primarily for YouTube because you just yeah. I mean you know in the States there's no outlets really it's honestly an in, it's an interesting wasn't it the video and how it's how it's yeah. um, progressed with the changing landscape of music and I how, mean there the budgets could be hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars before now it's like can you do the label's like well, we got $18 <laughs> but we need like yeah. a big production what's your acting like, like? Yeah, like you right. good acting can you do it on an iPhone <laughs> um, yeah no it's, it's all changed and mm. so I guess some Somebody had obviously recognized your talent to put you on MTV, right? Yeah, that's it. So we were we were doing I was doing the show on Radio X and um I think it was that that passion for for rock music that shone through and they were looking for someone like me and um I was I'd always wanted to work for MTV. Like it was that it was Radio 1 and that at the same time and, and, and getting onto MTV was a big, big goal for me and yeah. being able to interview those bands and artists in front of a TV camera, which is something that I'd not done before, really forced me to to up my game. Definitely. You know, up but my game. As someone that also, you know, I, I do a little bit of this now here and there with all the other millions of things I do. I mean, <laughs> obviously, there's always the interviews that go really bad and there's interviews that go really well. And so I had I had one, which I won't actually name his name, but a major, major rock star that doesn't do a lot of interviews. And he basically showed up and he's like, whatever you want to talk about the past, I'm not interested. So I had to like rework the whole thing. And that was really what I knew about his history. It was yeah. like a 20 year history. And so that threw me for a big loop. Um, when you started doing the MTV interviews, because you hadn't really done many, had you done many at that point or Kerrang! was just no. more playing records? And I'd, barely, I'd barely done any interviews at that point. MTV was really my first kind of experience of interviewing. And I interviewed green day is my very first interview those guys are my friends they're great and so they're they're just cool dudes like, yeah they, i'm really good friends with well, those guys and they're probably the coolest guys to interview right i was uh, they were brilliant yeah but i was can i swear yeah i was shitting it <laughs> right. i was fucking shitting it was it all three of them or just all two three of them right. were there i i'd never interviewed a band of that magnitude before yeah. i was up 
all night and I'm talking all night. I probably had two hours sleep max. Now it's interesting the process, right? Because even something like this, like I hit you up and I was like, hey, Jack, Mm. like I need to know some background on you, trying to Wikipedia you. I can't find, you know, so did you spend like hours? Like what's your process in the interview process? Will you look, because what I do is I look up like, I look up YouTube, I look up old interviews, I take tons of notes. Mm. So when someone comes in, they're like, I don't want to talk about the last 20 years. I'm like, there goes my 15 pages of notes that I had. So <laughs> yeah, what, what did you do to prepare for that? I did, I'm actually quite similar to you, yeah. to be fair. I I, um, I mean, that was probably a little bit too much, preparing for Green Day and staying up all night and trying to watch every interview and listen to every single song they've ever done and know everything. But yeah. learning from that and moving forward. But even now, I, I just like to be prepared. Yeah, I no just question. think if you walk into an interview and they mention something and you don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, you can miss a piece of gold there. You can miss a no little question, gem. And it yeah. sounds like you know exactly what, yeah, you, yeah. what you're talking about. You know. So you spend, are you spending hours? Other people are actually researching for yeah. them now because now you're at BBC. You got a whole staff there, mm. I would imagine, that do these. Do they come to you with your notes well, or do you do it yourself? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it varies from presenter to presenter. I, I do pretty much everything myself. Cool. I, the only stuff that my producers do for me is kind of, is the is the on-air production okay so the you know the 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 sound effects and the clips and um and and that kind of thing and the music and and we we pick the music together so i i we sit in a meeting for three hours and we listen to all this brand new music and we say yes no yes no that's great that must be very cool by the way it it's cool but also fucking long yeah so long and yeah, anyway, it's just, it's really, it can be really mind-numbing because you're listening to all this music over and over yeah. again and you're just like, I don't even know what's good anymore. Well, I want to get into artists that you probably missed and artists that you probably supported and who yeah. did well and who didn't. But so you start doing the MTV stuff and obviously were there some interviews where you think you were just like not great at doing it? Yeah, the Green Day one. I thought <laughs> I, I thought I was never going to get asked to do it ever again. I was sweating on camera. Yeah. Genuinely, I was sweating on camera. I was so, and, and I think I think Billy Joe could easily see that as well. He yeah. could probably taste the sweat like on my face. This guy's first yeah, interview who, ever. Who yeah. is this who guy? This guy? Yeah, He's yeah, like a model. Exactly. What's going on? Yeah, here, right? just, just don't make him talk. Just make <laughs> right. him just stand there. Um, and so then pro- were there other, because I know you went on to do Ed Sheeran and Royal Blood mm. and Biffy Clyro. And so, so which, I mean, at some point, someone in MTV was like, you know what? I think this kid has something. Yeah. Or someone was like, this kid is shit at it. What, what really happened? You know what? I think, I think they saw something in that Green Day interview. I still don't know what, yeah. but they did. And we did Biffy Clyro next. And I just felt so relaxed and at ease and calm and to be to be fair not as big a band well no yeah not quite not quite as big i mean in the uk very big very big not maybe quite as big over here but in the uk still pretty big and um but yeah i just it it was almost like that green day interview just just shattered the ice for me and i all the nerves and all the worries and everything i was like i knew i had to walk in there and smash it because i didn't know if they'd 100 percent go with me again after the green day one so it's nerve-wracking isn't it, so it does nerve-wracking. Definitely, yeah i mean i think that uh i did a bunch even people that i was like really good friends with and still there you know one of them actually i interviewed anthony kiedis he was like thanks for doing your homework you know because i think people I listen to that one people yeah people like the yeah. fact thank you people like the fact when you do your homework but um i've also done some where i feel like i've totally not been prepared even though i thought i was prepared and you know i mean there's been singers i've had on that have I don't know if they were on an acid trip when they came in or what happened, but I couldn't even follow the conversation. And I was like, one of the only times in my life, there's been a couple of interviews where I've been completely speechless, which yeah. never really happens. But were there any people that you had on that you sort of, you know, the same thing happened where you're like, you know, I can't follow what's going on. Is the, this guy on drugs or am I like not following what's going the on? Only in, the only interviews, and I'm really lucky because it's only been a couple. Um, the only interviews I've had are someone, a band, a band came in once and uh, 
and we were doing a session with them on Radio 1. And they were a little, I thought they were a little bit kind of shy. I thought, oh, well, they'll warm up throughout the interview. Kind of gets to maybe the second, third bit. And I'd say, oh, you guys are right. You having a good time? And they just go, to be honest, Jack, I, I, I'd just rather be at the pub. <laughs> and this is this is like during a session, like our biggest piece of promo on yeah. the show. Because you guys do like live, you know, performances there, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, this, and, 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 and a band would kill to have this opportunity. Of course. And for another band to go... Can we uh, say who that is? Or I can't, I can't can. say who I'm it is. I'm going to guess who it is. You won't. It's a no. brand new... It's, it Two Door Cinema Club. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's I don't not. Know. Know. Those guys are lovely. They would never... <laughs> no, I don't, know. I don't know. I have no um, idea who it was. No, they're a brand, it's a brand, one of the brand new bands. And this, right. is, what, this is my point, because yeah. all these brand new bands were killed to get an opportunity Definitely. to perform in Made of Ale. And this band came along and was like, nah, I'd just rather be down the pub. And they were lucky because I was early early days and I just didn't really know how to deal with it. But if a band did that again, I'd just tell them to fuck off. Yeah, definitely. So did the, you didn't send them home. They just kept playing and yeah. even though they seemed well, I wouldn't know that's a lie. I wouldn't tell them to fuck off. I'd just, <laughs> right. I'd just say, well, look, you don't have to be here. Yeah, so, we may yeah. not have you back the next time. Exactly. Yeah, so at a certain point, I guess, you're doing MTV, you're on Radio X, and how do you kind of get scouted? Because BBC Radio, for those of you who don't know, listening to this, it's probably, I don't know, maybe I would say it's probably the biggest radio station you could be on in london right yeah i mean and that's a pretty great thing in, for someone not in terms of uh what's well, the coolest as many people, the, but yeah it's like it's i mean it's pretty, don't get me wrong it's like millions and yeah. millions yeah, of yeah, listeners yeah. but yeah um i mean in terms of getting scouted for it i was doing i was starting on radio x doing overnights at the weekend saturday and sunday so i was giving up my weekends and waking up at three o'clock in the morning to work but I, that was my like kind of sacrifice stage because then i got mid-mornings yeah for the week which is brilliant that's great and I was only 24 at that time. So I was really young for that kind of slot. Definitely. And I think Radio 1 picked up on that and were like, well, there's clearly something here with this guy. Working, yeah. He loves, and Radio X is a, it's, um, it's like a K, it's like K-Rock. Yeah, yeah. It's like K-Rock. And, um, you know, obviously I love my indie music, alternative music. They wanted to do a show like that on Radio 1 weekly and... They yeah, just came I, to you. They just came to me. and we Now do, you're on like 11 o'clock at night, right? Yes, yeah, so we do 11 p.m. until 1 a.m. Yeah. It's, like, it's like staying up past your bedtime yeah. listening to the, but the cool like, stuff. 11 is great. Like I had a publicist once. He's like, I got you on the radio. It's KLOS. I was like, what time? 2 a.m. I'm like, who the fuck is <laughs> listening to that? Like no one. You're right, though. I'm like you're fired. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 11 o'clock is a great time Yeah, because I can literally get out of bed when I want. I can have all day to go to gigs, go out. That's cool. Uh party with an orange juice obviously because don't go on air drinking <laughs> right. um and then only go, orange juice only orange juice yeah. and then uh and then go on and and play some sick music for two hours go to bed and do it all over again it's yeah the best. so you, you've been on for two years now right it's going you, i've actually years? just been on for a year oh yeah, yeah okay literally cool. just turned a year some reason you started like 2017 but i guess it's 2018 maybe oh, right? maybe 2018 yeah so yeah. all right you, oh, no, either, either one either a year or two sorry that's probably me oh good so in the year you've been there right let's let's talk a little bit about and and how's it going and let's talk about the current state of sort of music rock music in the uk mm. who you like who you don't like obviously you're gonna have your favorites so we got to talk about we'll talk a little bit more about young blood but what do you think about rock music in its current state right because now it's streaming i i find it weird that you know guys and bands don't need to get in a room together and just hammer out the music mm. anymore everything can be done with a computer and half the artists out there are just sort of learning on like I, you know, a uh, uh, garage band or whatever, maybe Logic, but they're not actually getting in a room and banging it out like, you know, uh, yesteryear. School, yeah. ago. So well, what do you think about where music is heading right now, especially in the UK, which I think is sort of where the cool stuff starts. When the Strokes wanted to kind of build a buzz years ago, they moved to the UK for a little bit. Yeah. And I think a lot of bands have used that as a starting point because they know if it emanates from the UK and then it comes to America, it's cool. It has that stamp of yeah. approval. 
I think it's in a really exciting position, like really exciting position. There is so much bubbling in the underground. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like the 70s all over again. It's yeah, because like you also low... do your own like club night that we're going to talk about. It's called Hopscotch, yeah. right? So, I mean, the, yeah, that is part of it. That's but, part of it. But the, in the UK, there's so much punk bubbling in the underground. So much of it. And and I think it's all There's down. a band called Idols, right? Aren't they yeah. from the UK? Yeah, yeah pretty that's cool. it. So that's, yeah. that's, what, that's one of the bands that have managed to break through yeah. and really make an impact. They nominated for a Brit Award as well, which is, I think, in these times, completely unheard of yeah. for British Breakthrough, which is awesome for them. But Ian Astabear from The Cult turned me on to them, and he's like, this, this is a band I really believe in. And he he doesn't like, like he doesn't like much. Yeah. Like, he's very specific in terms of what he likes. And if he gives a stamp of approval, then I'm like, this is some good stuff. But so. I think because of the, I think it all stems from, you know, how society is now and how, and how um, there's a lot of kind of social unrest. People yeah. aren't happy with the way things are being run yeah. at a high level and, and how people are being treated and the amount of kind of negative atmosphere there is in the world. And I think that is sparking some really great music. Um, Kieran from a band called Circuos said to me once, great music gets made when bad things happen. And I, I couldn't agree more with no him question. because I think right now that is happening for guitar music and alternative music. Well, that's sort of Dom's whole thing, right? Like Youngblood is an yeah. artist. When he played here and, and we started working with him, I think he had 30,000 followers. Now he's a million and a half, whatever maybe. And I saw the gigs go from the Echoplex, 30 people to 300 people to mm. the gig I went to at the Fonda the other day, which was probably a couple thousand and probably a couple thousand fans, like rabid fans waiting outside mad, his, like, you know, to meet him. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I just remember a year and a half ago, like having lunch with him and it had just started. And then he started dating Halsey and there's a lot of traction. And truth be told, I mean, the songs are great, right? So that's really what it comes down to. I mean, he's got that, mix of punk and alternative and rock and i think that's it i mean at the end of the day if you have great songs he's got a great image and he stands for something right so he stands for that's exactly it, yeah. what you're talking about it's that's it it's about standing for something yeah you've got to i think for a, for a while in the uk especially guitar music and alternative music was very bland it was trying to it was trying to um replicate what had happened in the noughties and it just wasn't resonating. Hip hop was in and grime in the UK is such a strong position right now. Yeah, we don't have that here. So explain what grime is. So grime, gr I suppose we don't have the naughties and we don't have grime. <laughs> yeah, well, grime. So, I can't explain the naughties. That would take yeah, me too long. But grime, right. grime, essentially in simplest terms is is UK hip hop. Mm. Um, but it's it's kind of emanated from. Um, the streets of London and uh, a, a guy called Wiley okay. and a guy called Dizzy Rascal were the two kind oh, of... Oh, sure. That's hip -hop. It's hip-hop. It's like kind of yeah. dirty, kind of, you know, maybe like Southern hip-hop, I like, guess you could... Yeah, I, what I'd call it, it's like, it's like garage hip-hop. Right, okay. It's, it started out like that. Yeah. Anyway, and... Um, there's a Because there's like Stormzy, there's a lot of UK hip-hop artists that... Mm. Are you impressed that I know these random... I'm like, really UK, impressed. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm impressed that I know <laughs> I them mean, too. He's, that the, I'm, he's, I'm, the, he's one of the biggest in the UK at yeah. the moment. You can't get away from him. But right what's now. funny is that you can have an artist that's tremendous in the UK and they never even make an impact here. Like, very few people know who that is here. Like, I just, again, I read Q and Enemy and all that stuff religiously. So that's my thing. And obviously very people, I, very few people know who Stormzy is. Yeah. Yeah. Really? But, but, but I feel like, you know, I would love to know on your behalf. So dream state is one of the artists, obviously young mm. blood, but who, who else do you think is sort of oh, going to maybe translate to America, right? Translate to America. Well, yeah, because so many artists don't really make that leap, right? A, that is a huge question. Yeah. Who, who would you say? I think that's really, that's a really hard question for me to answer right now, mainly because I deal with these bands and artists in such an early stage. Yeah. 
Um, but you see some. I mean, you can see the career trajectory yeah. with Dom, for instance. It right? doesn't. You know what he? It, I think what's important to understand is that the uh, a Dom doesn't come around all the time. Right. A Dom comes around w- once in a blue moon. Right. Sure. A, sure. And you've just got to be ready for a for yeah. a young blood to to come around. Right now. I mean, he's the person that that sticks out for me. No, he's the one that's doing it, and I I don't think there's going to be anyone that I can think of off the top of my head right now that's going to be able to do that translate over to the U.S. I mean, course, Royal Blood has a little bit of success, but in the states you have Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, you have a band called Rival Sons that's kind mm. of doing the same Zeppelin thing that Greta Van Fleet is, but. There's not that many, right? And then there's sort of that psych rock, which is the Tame Impalas of the world, which is more of that. There's a great, um, a great band called Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. So, that's a very weird name. Psychedelic Psychedelic Porn, porn Crumpets. Crumpets. I don't seriously, even know. Just, seriously, Google them. Okay. Google them with Safe Search on. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, it get, does get Someone weird. looks at your phone. Who's this yeah, Psychedelic exactly. Porn Yeah, put private crumpets, browsing yeah. on. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, so, but they're, they kind of, of uh, they're like a psych royal blood. Cool. And maybe they could, they're from Australia, but okay. maybe they could maybe they could do a, a, a translating over for sure at yeah. some point. But yeah, right now there's there's so much great stuff that just needs to I think not get carried away with that way of thinking and just needs to focus on breaking UK again because UK is so rife with grime and hip hop at the moment. Definitely. That, and I'm not knocking it by the way. It's a really important yeah. thing and it deserves its time and it's doing a really important thing right now. But in terms of rock music and in a healthy state, it just needs to focus on trying to speak to people, connect with people again. Right. And and find a way of of doing that and, and cutting through hip hop. And I don't think that's bashing hip hop and saying hip hop's bad, hip hop shit, fuck off hip hop. I think it's actually kind of playing up to it a little bit. Yeah. I think you've got to look at someone like Post Malone right now, who's just released that brand new album. Yeah, Ozzy's on it. Ozzy, yeah, right. you know, exactly. You know, right. this guy grew up on Nirvana. Definitely. He grew up on bands like Black Sabbath and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. He loves rock music. Skrillex, one of the biggest dance producers and now moving into hip hop a little bit more. He was an emo kid. All these kids started out on rock music and it will come back at some no, point. No, I think the Post Malone example is a great yeah. example because he actually performed at the Grammys with Aerosmith. And yeah. He's always doing that integration, and, and that's kind of why I like him. I mean, um, my buddy Andrew Watt actually does a lot of his producing and songwriting with him, and, and Andrew comes from a, a crazy rock background. He's always recording with, like, Chad Smith and people like that. And so, yeah, that's great when you see that sort of cross-pollination of genres. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, in terms of, like, it's hard, right? I mean, there's so many bands on the covers of like Enemy that don't translate to the U.S. But mm. I do, you know, I, I just saw a band. Um, I think they might have been Welsh or Irish. Um, it's a band I just saw not long ago. Uh, why am I spacing on the name? Um, they're sort of, they reminded me of like the Irish Strokes. Uh, oh. It's going to come to me in a moment, and I'm sure you know who they uh, are. Um, they kind of had a bit of that stroke sensibility. Fontaine's It'll come to me. DC. The Fon- Fontaine's DC. Fontaine. Fontaine's oh, yo, DC. hold on a second. They I just are, saw them. They're so sick. Why did I space on that name? I don't but, know, I, but they're I just so saw them. sick. Yeah. They are wicked. That yeah, that yeah, like Strokes, Oasis. Yeah, but they those guys. He re- it was very Liam Gallagher, that singer. He so li- wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, so Liam Gallagher. Or whatever, yeah, so, right. and and he's kind of presence on stage. Yeah. He was just sort of standing there and just take. He wasn't dancing, moving, or anything. He just stands. With the, the tambourine, the whole yeah. thing, but um, yeah, that that band uh, that band are really exciting. I don't know how much you 
know about them, but they are very intelligent. Yeah. They are poets. Oh, they li- love their poetry. Their lyrics are great. Their lyrics are great. Yeah, it's a fantastic band. So yeah. there's them, there's Youngblood. Obviously, do you listen to Greta Van Fleet and Rival yes. Sons and all those we bands? Play Gre- well, we have been playing Greta Van Fleet on, on the show. Um as the album came out and dropped to support it. And I th- we had an interesting chat about Greta Van Fleet because obviously there's the thing about them sounding very Led Zeppelin, right. obviously. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Yeah. I think there's a whole generation of kids that... Well, you didn't necessarily grow up on Zeppelin, or well, did exa- you? Exactly right, my so point. if you don't grow up on it, then I guess There's a whole sense. generation of kids that may just let Zeppelin pass them by because yeah. they would have never heard of them. Greta Van Fleet allows them to hear that band and enjoy Greta at exactly the Definitely. same time. What, there's no bad thing in that. Yeah. So, so who? So, if you when you sit in your meetings and you guys go over all this new music for three hours a week or whatever it may be, uh, so are there bands that you missed that have soon like actually exploded since then? And are there bands that you predicted this band is a band we're really going to get behind? I think it's a little bit early for us to have know if we've missed anything. Yeah. Um, we're only a year in, okay. so I think it's a little early for us. But in terms of some, wait, what was the other question? Oh, like, are there bands that obviously you miss, and the other bands that you really got behind there are? Oh, like, yeah. Like the Doms of the World that are sort of exploding, right? That you I sort guess, of help champion. I, I guess, guess in terms of champion, there's a band called um, called Seagulls. Oh, we forgot uh, about the Struts, by the way. Another um, band I love. So, and they're oh, the Struts. They're bringing back rock yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So they're not bad. Friends of mine. They're yeah. not bad. Yeah. Oh, Struts. Yeah. We forgot wait, about um, the Struts. Oh, don't worry, don't worry about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Seagulls, yeah, are a band okay. who in the UK are really flying at the moment. Indie band, really sick. Cool. Um, Easy Life, Mac DeMarco esque, but with uh, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of like lo-fi bedroom producer type That's vibes cool. in there. It's, okay. Uh, I love it's how you really still get cool. excited about all the rock because it's it's great to see you as excited as I get. About I, get I love I absolutely love it, Scott. Yeah. Honestly, I just yeah. I just think there's so much exciting stuff out there that needs to be heard, and I want to be able to put that energy and passion into it. And so far, we feel people resonating off of that. We get people, even though it's at eleven o'clock at night. Floods of texts of people going, yes, let's go, let's have. I'm like checking with the show. They're like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, I can't wait for the new music. And people sending me the playlist they've made from the show. All this kind of stuff. That's people amazing. feel the energy. All you've got to do is inject some energy into a scene, and, then and people it. will feel it and yeah. resonate to it. It's funny because I think they played Welcome to the Jungle on MTV many, many years ago, mm. probably 1987, at like three in the morning on MTV, and they're like, let's stick this up. No one's going to really watch it. And the same thing happened. The phones, I, I guess at that time, they had phones yeah. that people could call in, and the phone lines like went crazy. And then also before you know it, it becomes like one of the biggest rock records of all time. didn't think Welcome to the Jungle was I guess no, be nobody really knew. I mean, it is one of the greatest rock records of all yeah. time. Is there another, do you feel like there's a next, the next Guns N' Roses? Like, like a next Guns N' yeah, Roses? Yeah, because I'd love to know who that is. I mean, I'm still I looking think, for that. I think That element of, of danger, right? Yeah, I think in terms of like a... And next, Guns N' Roses. I don't think you'll ever be able to replicate a band like that. I don't think you'll ever be able to replicate any of the great bands. I don't think anyone should ever, Yeah. really. I just think they should... I mean, that's, this is something I say on the show. I just think that anyone in a new band out there wanting to go out there and make the same impact that those kinds of bands did, take what you love about them and make it your own right no question and change something up and bring something different to the game and help develop the genre and push it further because i think without that kind of thinking one the genre doesn't develop and stay relevant and exciting two we've had that band right that band were brilliant yeah now we need make it your own now we need the new one yeah 
you know. And was that sort of the idea? Because obviously now you have a club night that you do there. Mm. Is that the concept behind having bands play, trying to break them? Or are these already bands that are already doing well? Because you have a mix on at the night, yeah, right? Yeah, so... The, the night's called Hopscotch, right? That's it, yeah. Right. So the night's called Hopscotch. Um, it is. It started four years ago, and primarily it started out to be a new band night a night to support brand new music and to come and see the very most or the most exciting brand new bands and i said to my dad i was like i've got this idea i want to do this he was like sounds like a great idea i will lend you a grand to put it on i want all the money back if i don't get it back by this time there's interest back this was like a proper business <laughs> right. this is a proper business. that's your dad that's my dad did you give your dad the money back Yes, okay. but I went the long way around about it. I had no idea. You paid about- him like a dollar a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like- pretty much. Right. Yeah. No, I had no idea about promoting. Like no idea. I just yeah. went to these agents. I was like, I want to book your band. Here's and I was like, here's five hundred pounds. And these are like brand brand new bands. Right, right. Like these bands starting out. Like this should be like a fifty quid, hundred quid type deal. This is like five hundred quid for a band. And I just spunked all my money until I booked this band called the Amazons. They've played a couple of shows over here, but much bigger in, in the UK at the moment. Um, and I booked them and they were really up and coming at the time, sold it out, made the money back. I was like, thank God, because that was my last 150 quid. Yeah. That was like my make or break moment. <laughs> made it back and then booked further bands and made money back. And then I made the grand back. I was like, dad, here's the grand. I'm never spending money on bands ever again. It's way <laughs> too risky. Right. So we did this deal with the venues where they gave me some money and if I bought enough people in, they'd take the money from the bar and blah, 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 all that sort of thing. So anyway, this kind of carried on and then we got to the start of this year and I was like, I need to change this up a little bit. I'm putting on these really exciting new bands, but it's not got the kind of uh, the excitement that I wanted. You know, I want to get all these people down and really, really feel the energy of the night and why I, and the energy that I feel about these bands. Yeah. Where was the venue when you first started and where is the venue now? Oh, I've done it in a few different venues all across London. So a venue called Queen of Hoxton in Shoreditch, East London. Shoreditch? Shoreditch. Shoreditch. <laughs> Shoreditch. My British accent. I love Silver Lake, by the way. This yeah. is, Silver Lake is so Shoreditch. I think Silver Lake could be like Brooklyn. I mean, it's very Brooklyn. Too. Yeah, but, but Brooklyn's very Shoreditch. Yeah, right. So yeah. I, I need so, to get to Shoreditch. You need to come to Shoreditch, yeah, mate. I like that. Shortage, mate. You know. <laughs> right. um, so yes, yeah, so we put it on there, and then we put it on a place called the Social, which is owned by a record label called Heavenly Recordings, okay. big record label in the UK. Um, and they own this venue, and I put it in the basement there, and that was really good. And then I just decided to switch it up. At one point, we went to this place called Seabra Arms, a little bit further east London than Shoreditch. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I decided that I wanted to put on some secret headliners and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to convince like these big bands and artists to do this, but I'm going to try. So we went to various different ones, didn't work and then hit up this band called Frank Carton and the Rattlesnakes. Fantastic band. Check them out if you haven't. They're amazing. Frank's energy is just so raw. I got to write all these down. There's at least eight bands I heard about today that oh, I didn't know about. So. God, Frank Carton yeah. and the Rattlesnake. Honestly, you won't, you won't see a better show. Amazing. Genuinely. Anyway, put them on secret headliner under a secret name with these new bands their fans are so obsessed with them they know exactly what the secret name refers right, to right. they know it's frank carton yeah. rattlesnakes so we pack this venue out on the very first show of the year queues out the door before the doors have even opened everyone comes down checks out the three new bands that i put on that's what it's about i'm thinking yes this is incredible this is so perfect they're all loving them as well they're giving them their energy which is brilliant and then we announce the secret headliner frank carton the rattlesnake steps out on stage everyone goes fucking bananas the ceilings are so low it's so hot in there it's like a fucking furnace there's sweat dripping <laughs> off a fire the hazard it is it's yeah. a complete fire hazard yeah. everyone's walking out like a burnt chip a out of there do you know what i mean it's crazy yeah. um but 
Frank was crowd surfing as what well. I'd have to send you the video. Yeah, yeah, totally. I have to send I you the video. See this. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And I was just like, this is it. This is what I want the night to be. This raw furnace yeah. of energy where people are coming down, checking out three new bands before they're even big. They're ahead of the game and then they're rewarded by this secret guest. This half an hour of mayhem at the end. And we've had Miles Kane, we've had the vaccines, we've had that band, the Amazons. That I was yeah. talking about Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes got more books in and now word is getting around awesome. and these big bands want to play the night and you they pay them be... it's just but they also like the exposure because it's you well, and the, the big bands do it for free oh wow that's awesome the big bands do it for free which is amazing because the way we do it is it is all about these new bands yeah. and you know at the end of the day the big bands they've had to be in this position right. at sure, one point sure. yeah. you know they've had to cut their teeth in the smaller Definitely. venues and to take them back there for a kind of once in a life once more in a lifetime sort of moment is uh is a nice thing we make a, a good bit of energy out of it and words getting around and it's really exciting at the moment Scott honestly that's cool so it's you're going to probably it's going to be in a, even a bigger venue probably next year I'm sure well, the way it's uh, this going is, I mean naturally the offers have sort of come in for that kind of thing because words got around but I want to keep it small yeah, I okay, want to keep that's it cool. I want I like to keep that. it in like the sweaty furnace I love it you know? one thing we didn't speak about for a moment actually I just yeah. was kind of looking at your Go stuff on. I forgot that you were really into esports Yes. Which is crazy because at Twitch and whatnot, we work yeah. with, um, do you know FaZe Clan? Yes, I we, do. We work with the FaZe Clan guys. So oh, like, nice. Yeah, Banks and Tommy Temper yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of those guys, Ricecom and all those guys. So yeah, how did that, because so, I feel like, again, that's like, I'm not a millennial by any means. Mm. I'm not far from it, actually. <laughs> but um, it's all about that. And those kids are like the rock stars of our generation. Oh, yeah. They do clothing drops and there's 10,000 kids wanting to meet Banks. And so, I mean, I my buddy Lee Trink is actually um, one of the owners of FaZe Clan. And so... He used to be in the record business, so we talk about it every day. I'm talking yeah. about this stuff, and so I'm not a, a guy that plays video games. But how did you get introduced to that? And what do you? There's almost a, there's definitely a similarity into rock stars and gaming at this point because if, even if you look at like what's happening in gaming and and like the biggest gamers in the world, they're kind of like rock stars at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm obsessed with gaming. Yeah, I guess completely. And I guess that goes hand in hand with the music. Right? Yeah, it does a little bit, and the, the crossovers are so real right now. You know, yeah. the, ga the gaming industry is. I think is bigger than the movie industry. Yeah, it's I think crazy. That's the, it's mad, isn't Insane. it? Insane. And I just, I love getting on Twitch. I love watching these streamers do their thing. I I watch uh, a guy called um, called Courage, Courage JD. I think he's with uh, 100 Thieves, sorry. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, that's another team. Uh, I say and, sure, but I don't exactly yeah, so, know. So, 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 like, yeah, so 100 Thieves is like yeah. another, it's like a face clan. It's like yeah. face clan, but 100 yeah. Thieves, yeah. Um, and like, uh, you know, Ninja and all, all those, yeah. all those Ninja's kinds of guys. Ninja's the biggest, I guess. Yeah, so. of course. All yeah. those kinds of guys. But it's just, I just, I am just so kind of in awe of these guys and how this how this system has been built. Yeah. And um well, they're playing like almost like stadiums there, like crazy like venues. Literally they'll play like the I Madison think Square it's Gardens. The way, I think it's the way how they connect with the audience and how their audience responds to them. Yeah. Because to me, watching on Twitch or like a platform like Mixer, which is something very similar, it's almost like you've got these fans, they're talking to you in chat, but there's, there's a, it's, it's very similar to being on radio. Right. Because I'm standing there, I'm technically talking to myself in a room like we are right now. <laughs> right, you know? right. Well, I'm but, talking to you. Well, you're but, well we're talking right. to each other, but yeah. we don't know if anyone's going to listen. Like listening, do you I know? Hope what I, mean? so. I think so. Yeah, I, think I reckon they might do. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it's effectively you're just talking to yourself or with each other. Yeah, and it's that idea of how big their brand is, but they don't know any of these people. And they can't see any of these yeah, people. It's massive. Just, it's just really. Um, well, really, I guess there's that interactive thing that really is what speaks mm. to like the youth and the millennials. Yeah. Right? the fact that you can sort of chat with 
guys when they're playing. It's yeah. crazy, right? So that's pretty awesome. And so you've just been in California. Yeah, I man. see all. I checked out the Instagram. I actually, truth is, and it's a funny story. Like <laughs> I texted you just a little bit ago because I was, are you going to make the show? Because <laughs> you you did what was it called? Post uh, content. Yeah. What so, you call it again? I, well, I no. called it. I just called it delayed, delayed content. Con- delayed right. content. I was at uh, where was I? I was at the the big di- the what's it the called? Dinosaur, the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs. But you were posting from like Joshua Tree like an hour ago, which yeah. I'm like in my head, I'm like that's like three hours away. Like there's yeah, no way Jack's making like, it. Oh no, the I got a little scared. I got a little scared. The unreliable Brit. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm of the minute, and I'm very reliable when it comes to I was here on time. So Don't worry about you, me. You were great. I just, you know, that's what happens you know what with it is, social media. Scott, you just can't give the people all the content at once. You really, you, know, you got to space it out. You have to space it out. You've got to tease them. Yeah, so tease so you're, out, you're out here for what, like a week or something? Yeah, like? so I'm kind of, I suppose I'm just over halfway in my first cool. ever visit to LA. In this it was your birthday? It's my birthday Happy on Tuesday. Birthday, Thank right? you yeah. so much. Yeah. I did we my were, research. There you go. Yeah, thank you. We were in uh, we were in Joshua Tree. You with your girl? You're with going my girlfriend. On yeah. yeah. We um. I booked this Airbnb and it was called it was called the Tiny House, but the pictures made it look really big. It wasn't tiny. No, it was. Oh, was it was tiny. so tiny. <laughs> if it's called a tiny house, there's a good chance. It's I know, tiny, but right? I thought it was like a joke now because <laughs> right. the pictures made it look really big. And we I don't th- do the sarcastic, the, the sarcastic no, thing the, the way you guys thing. do it in, in that's, uh, the UK. That's what like let me yeah, down. I thought, yeah. oh my god, these guys are hilarious <laughs> right now. <laughs> You're like, it really is tiny. Yeah, it's it like was tiny. Square it was feet. tiny, and it, but um, the views were amazing. And um, so, are you seeing gigs here? Are you just exploring the land here for a week or something? What exactly are you doing here besides just it's kind of half holiday, half work? Yeah, a little bit. I've come to see. You. Oh, I'm, awesome. I'm going to see you. a few shows. I've met a few Andrew friends Shack, out here. Our buddy yeah, manages Lily yeah. as well. Well, yeah, that Shack. band, that yeah, band, very cool band. Yeah, that's a cool band. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So see you guys. See um. Chris, Twenty One Pilots manager yeah, as well. Cool. Um. Meet up with. Uh, with the guys from Mini Mansions. Awesome. Now, do you and like LA? Could you see yourself living here? I loved here? it. I could see myself living you here. You could, okay. I could see myself So we got to find like a K-Rock or something we got, for you to we, be on here. Well, yeah, let's know. Well, as K-Rock moment, listening. At K-Rock the moment, I'm very much dedicated to Radio 1. Yeah. This, If I'm going to live in LA, it's going to be way, way in the future. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe not at all. Maybe I'll just have it as like a holiday home. No one's listening thing. to this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> of course. Right. Yeah, no one's listening. But, okay, so between us. Yes, of course. Hypothetically. Basically, I could, could see, see myself living it. I right. think it's a stunning place, and I think there's amazing things going on over here. Yeah, it's I mean, so there sick. there might be better people in the UK. Like, I believe there's better people in New York. There's some great people in LA, but there is that thing where, like, you meet people like, let's do this, and then, you, then nothing happens. You yeah, know, like, the people work mean. in LA. What happened? Like, where's the follow up? I am no definitely the kind of guy who, if there's an idea that's that springs to mind i want to make it happen right and i need to be around people who have that same drive and same passion to make it happen i can't i can't stand the not the fakery necessarily but the uh the flakiness right the flakiness you know very hard f- to take and i don't need the flake in my life you yeah know, i've spent no my one whole life trying to just scrape off the flakes yeah you know so just, for kids that want to grow up and, and be a dj on you know obviously it could be k-rock it mm. could be like you're on bbc radio in the uk like any advice you could give them yeah man Scrape off the flakes. Scrape off the flakes. <laughs> yeah. No, so, stick um, to the flakes. No, but seriously, drive. and get a British accent. Yeah, get a British accent. It yeah. helps with everything. Yeah. I've literally got everything for free over here. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Um, no, just it's all. You need to find something you love. Yeah, that's the most important thing. I, I listened to all sorts of different radio and watched different TV. I knew I wanted to do some sort of performing. Like I thought it may have been acting or the modelling yeah. or whatever it might be. But it was just listening to radio and. Being able to 
generate that kind of obsession and enthusiasm of people in the car on the way to work or working on the night shift or you know going home from school on the school run whatever it is and just being able to do that for through someone who you didn't even know but you felt like you knew yeah no question and so i just kind of found my sort of drive and passion for that and that was my focus that's all yeah. i wanted to do and every step that i took every kind of stepping stone it was how do i get better how do i get to my final goal which is being on radio one how do i get to that and all the different stepping stones i, I took I, I made sure that i nailed every single one you know if people were like come on come on let's go out let's get let's get pierced let's have a good time i can't yeah I've you're got, focused you're very focused, be focused. Yeah. and that pays off in the long run because no i was focused from let's say when i don't know maybe like 20 to 20 to 26 uh, when i first joined right 25 when i first joined radio one and that's such a small segment of my life. Yeah. You know? I feel like you probably get free upgrades, like flights, just by, you know, throwing around that accent. Like, it's get, <laughs> right, can I can I get um, a free upgrade? Well, I did, I did, I did, I did like say I to I did say to the air hostess, were there any upgrades going? She goes, keep walking. Oh, right. Just okay, keep walking. okay. But she was British, so okay. I Because really I feel work. like if you use that in America, she's you, immune to it. You might yeah. get that in America. Okay, so. well, I'm going to try on the way back. <laughs> yeah. When I go home on Saturday, I'm going to try <laughs> it, on the way back. It's going to work, brother, for sure. But so a handful of bands that people should go and check out on Spotify or iTunes now before we go because well, let's go let's go for your for your guys over here lily yeah straight up let's yeah. just go for them straight up cool l double i l y yeah they are just the tits they are so yeah, good a bit of the strokes a bit of uh a bit of the strokes like the walkman meets yep. uh, Foo fighters yeah. a little bit of queens in there a yeah. bit of punk as well yeah. it's, it's got it they have it all yeah they have it all. So check out Lily. Shout the drummer's out to Machine Shack. as well. Yeah, yeah big He's shout great. out to Shaq. Great drummer. Um, let's go for Fontaine's that we mentioned Fontaine's earlier. DC. They're really, really exciting. We let's just go. had a great article in the New York Times. So the uh, the debut album is called Dogrel, D-O-G-R-E-L. And okay. it's um, it's a brilliant piece of uh, of story writing, but also rock and roll at exactly yeah. the same time. And you will, if you haven't before, pick up bands like we talk about, um, like Oasis and The Strokes as yeah. well. And The Strokes, I think, are a big reference point for everyone, aren't they? Definitely. At the end of the day. Yeah. Um, Easy Life, who I mentioned before um if you like your lo-fi bedroom pop mac demarco mac miller kind of stuff as yeah. well actually um you're definitely gonna love easy life um i can never remember off the top of my head let me have a look at my phone yeah because you I always have to like miss... reference your spotify yeah. and all this. i, do I don't want to i don't want to miss i don't want to miss anyone yeah. out because and we don't want to miss anyone either this is a big moment for see me. i like the struts too i'm gonna throw the struts in there if you don't know jed there... jed so I'm thinking about Jed from the Struts. No. Oh yeah, I like Jed's yeah. in the Struts. Jed's no in the Struts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jed's a boy. Yeah, Jed's, Jed's my great. boy. Jed's great. On, let me get this off. Um, is he over here right now? They're here a lot. I mean, they, they play all the time. They're quite yeah. bit, they're, they do well they over do here. Well don't here they do well here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love those guys too. I've been kind of loosely doing stuff with them over the years, also because they are holding the flag for rock and roll. You know, again, for me, there's obviously serious Queen, Freddie Mercury references, yeah. but. For all the people that didn't grow up around Queen, amazing band, you know. So, they're doing brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, they're great. Um, so you're checking your phone as we speak. Yeah. And you don't want to forget anyone. No, I don't. Hold yeah. on. Give me a second. Yeah. It's just getting signal in this um, in, this bunk, in, the, in the bunker. <laughs> in the WeWork. Right. <laughs> the WeWork bunker. The WeWork bunker. Yeah. And now I can't get any Wi-Fi, which is, which yeah. is problematic. Hold on. I'm going to go to the players that I've made instead. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's go. Oh, um, that's how your phone making that sound. Yeah, I was like, who's I'm making that sound? I'm like, what is Here that? we go. What is that? Is it, I was like, do we have static here? Is, is it gone? It, uh, yeah, it's gone. I think it's so, gone. Yeah. Okay. I, this band are big in the UK. They yeah. are huge. They will headline festivals in the UK. I don't know how well they do over here, but I just want to say that Foles. Oh, yeah. They're cool. Cool band. Yeah. Sweet. You know, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 
their two albums that they're releasing, Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost Part 1 and Part 2, will be the most game-changing rock and roll albums of this year. Amazing. I said it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, There also is a band from New York called Barry. If you like, when when you go and listen to Easy Life, who I mentioned earlier, if you like Easy Life, you then segue into Barry. Barry is B-A, like the name, Barry. Yeah, but I-E, not Y. So B-A-R-R-I-E. They're from New York. Cool. I don't even know them. And they they met their they they met from all over the world, but they also met their bassist on Tinder. Amazing, which is I mean, great. Who was? How did that process I know. work? So I said, that's what I asked <laughs> I mean, them. I was like, did you like? Were you on Tinder looking for love? Or or you, no, no, or we were genuinely like, looking for a bassist. So I, I don't even know how that works. So you could never no, find musicians but, um, on Tinder. They here. smashed it. So yeah. Barry Amil and the Sniffers from okay. Australia. How like, do you say that? What's that name? Amil. So A M Y L. Okay. Amil and the Sniffers. If Amiel uh, and the Sniffers. Yeah, it's crazy. There's some name, very right? unique names you're throwing out They're there. They're out today. of Australia. <laughs> Australia, got some, uh, Australia are rife yeah. for punk. What was at that the other moment. name you said? The pornography. Oh, porn- psychedelic porn crumpets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I They're can't, a good band uh, as well. Yeah. You've got to check them They may not make it here because of that name, but I don't know. <laughs> I, you know the, people will love them. Yeah, it's, it's a unique name. Um, Amiel and the Sniffers, if you, like your, if you like your music raw, full of fire, like just the rawest of the raw punk, like. It's crazy. Mm, okay. Amo is, is a wild front woman as Amo. well. Another band close to that kind of world and also close to where they're from. New Zealand, a band called Miss June. Think about like how Sonic Youth distillers, like they broke. I love the distillers. Brilliant love band, them, yeah. right? Amazing. How yeah. they broke like the glass ceiling for glass ceiling for like feminism in rock. Yeah. Miss June are the band that are running through that hole. Let's not forget about Courtney Love. Courtney Love, of course, like <laughs> yeah. your your, your lady. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. All all, the, all those girls who yeah. did so much for 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 breaking the glass ceiling. Miss yeah. June are, are, are taking that chance and running awesome. through, awesome. and they're going to be taking it. So that's just a handful of bands that um, I am going to. It's right now. weird. I only know a handful of those bands. So even myself, I'm going to go and download a bunch of those. Honestly, artists. if you want to, if you want, if you want more, and if you love it, check out the show. Um, yeah, so what, tell us about, so obviously at, yeah. at Jack Saunders on Instagram, right? Yeah, so Give Jack me, X Saunders. On Instagram? Um, yeah, it's the letter yeah. X in the middle of my And name. then your show, how can we listen to your show? If um, so you be, your best bet is just, I suppose, to get on to, uh, I don't know if you can do it on the BBC Sounds app. There's, There's an app some called BBC to, Sounds, yeah. which you can download and you can listen on there, or you can listen to Radio 1 online. Awesome. I, I don't know if it'll work over here or There's not. There's probably a way to There'll be a way. You'll find a way. If yeah. you want the best brand <laughs> new in the alternative music, you will find Definitely. a way. Well, follow you on Instagram too, because yeah. you have to, are you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Same handle as well, Jack X Saunders. But I'm a bit more active on Instagram, I just feel like Twitter is like almost like 2014. It's a bit too hot. It's a bit too toxic. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, we're coming to you live from WeWork. Jack, this is awesome, bro. I'm glad that we got to hang. Thanks for the fine folks at Nothing New for sponsoring the show, the sneaker company, and WeWork. Um, This was awesome. I mean, the fact that we both love rock and roll, that we're holding the flags, just two dudes, one with a great accent, one with a New York (laughs) accent. You know, good times. And uh, I think we're with the start of a lifelong friendship here. So, Thanks, Scott. So uh, really great to meet you. We're going to hang out for a little bit. Awesome. And uh, guys, if you like the show, like I always tell you, please rate and review it. It's really important to us. And um, hope to see you again. We're going to Austin City Limits next week. So we will come back to you. I think on the show coming up, we have Greta Van Fleet. We have Beck. We have some great artists. So stay tuned for some of the rest. Thank you guys for tuning in. Lip service. Cheers, guys. Cheers. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips.
My name is Zach Selwyn. You may remember me as a host from ESPN, Attack of the Show, or even immortalized that competitive taxidermy show on AMC. We lasted one episode. Anyway, three times a week, I'm bringing you the realest fake news of the day. It's the Saturday Night Live News Desk, but in an audible format. Listen to the Audio Up News Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Dennis Quaid here, and I want to tell you about the Orange Tree. Now, I have recently started a podcast network called Audio Up, and much as I prepare for movie roles, I've been researching the podcast landscape and listening to hundreds of podcasts. One in particular stopped me in my tracks. The Orange Tree. It's a true crime podcast series told with such authenticity and care by Haley Butler and Tinu Thomas, two journalists who were University of Texas students when they started reporting on the story. It's about the 2005 murder of a young woman named Jennifer Cave near the University of Texas at Austin campus. What struck me most was the thorough examination of the case and the exclusive access granted to these two young reporters. What makes this true crime story so unique is their perspective. There are two young women who are the same age as Jennifer Cave and at very similar points in their lives. The Orange Tree is engaging, it's thoughtful, and really, really powerful. Take a listen to The Orange Tree on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. <laughs> 